Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 16th edition of our program, which aired during the third weekend of April 2020, we talked with a return guest to the program, Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss. He's one of the foremost authorities on the Midwest economy and is a sought-after speaker across the country on the topic. He oversees two monthly reports, the Rural Main Street Survey and the Mid-American Business Conditions Index. We spoke via Zoom on April 15th, just as the latest Mid-American Business Conditions Index report was being released. Our survey of bank CEOs in rural areas of 10 states, including Iowa, this is for the month of April, Oh, it took the biggest hit since we began this survey in 2006, January of 2006, and the, the index ranges between zero and 100. Well, we were at 12.1, Jeff, so this was a very negative report. Uh, the bankers, nine out of the 10 bankers expect a, uh, the recession to hit their area, so nine out of 10, one out of 10 expect uh, a modest impact. So it's, it was not a good report, but somewhat expected uh, based upon our manufacturing survey, which came out earlier. And we've talked about those numbers on the air again as an example of just how bad things were, because you know it in your mind, but the numbers are so stark when you see them in front of you. Were you surprised at how low the numbers actually were on your 100-point scale? I would say uh, more like shocked. I, it was uh, very surprising that the number dipped that low. When we did our manufacturing survey, got our manufacturing survey for the for the month of March. Now that was March. It was uh, it was negative, but not this negative. This is the most negative we've seen since we began the survey in January 2006, and it took its biggest one month hit since we began the survey as well. So this. These are, these are, it was not a good report. Turning to, for example, the employment gauge, it was 9.4. Now, this is again a reading of zero to 100. Anything below 50 is growth negative. So, this was really in the negative territory for the month, uh, for, the, for the month of April. So, the bank CEOs in the rural areas of, of, the, of the states that we survey, and again, it includes Iowa, the states mostly in the Midwest, really. Talk, really not seeing any, any glimmers of hope. The, the um, outlook, the uh, what we call the confidence index was always also very negative. It wasn't a record low, but we're comparing these numbers. Of course, this is back, you compare this to back in the recession of 2008 and 2009. These numbers are well, well below those readings. Of course, we're talking about in the rural areas, agriculture and energy. Those two sectors are obviously not doing well with cattle prices down, pork prices down, grain prices down, oil prices down. It's hard to see where where we're going to get the growth. And, uh, and obviously anything tied to the consumer is not doing well. We're talking about gasoline prices, obviously well below $2 a gallon in many areas. And what that does to the ethanol industry, obviously ethanol is very important to Iowa, uh, number one state in, uh, in ethanol production, uh, Nebraska and, and uh, Minnesota as well. All three states are in our survey, and all three states, uh, ethanol is just taking a real hit right now. This is the time of year that farmers try to get into the fields. They need to get the crop in. 
There may be some flooding, but certainly not like last year. We had the trade agreements in place. There was some optimism, but of course that's all gone now. Is it going to be difficult for some of these producers to get the working capital they need to get in the field this year, based on what the bankers told you? The bankers did report that borrowing was up, applications were up, and and that is a problem. The bank, the uh, agriculture was has already experienced some really not good uh, metrics. Uh, income, farm income, had just not been where we wanted it to be. We saw the federal government come in with. Uh, uh, about 28 to $30 billion over the last two years. That uh, didn't fill the entire gap at all. And then we had the USMCA, the trade agreement with Canada and Mexico, which was signed, and that was in January. And we were all looking toward better times for agriculture. We also saw phase one agreement with China being ratified. That was good. And then this hits, and this being, of course, uh, COVID-19. And this is, uh, I would say, um, Adam Smith wrote uh, what we think of as a foundation for the modern capitalist system. That was in 1776. This is probably the biggest hit that the biggest hit the U.S. economy has taken since that time. Now, that cuts across the Spanish uh, flu in 1918. That cuts across the depression of the 1930s. Obviously, the the recessions in between those. I have had some financial analysts say to me they expect, quote-unquote, the economy. That's a very broad term, but they expect it to recover quickly simply because everything that led to this was not a financial shutdown or a financial downturn. It was a health emergency. So once the health emergency passes, there is no reason for the economy to not come back. Is that too simplistic a view? I think it is a bit simplistic in the sense that the consumer drives the economy, and that's where the problem began and still remains. For example, retail trade, housing, housing numbers, not good at all. Retail trade, not good at all. Hospitality industry taking a huge hit. Uh, And and now the Fed has flooded the uh, economy with billions of dollars, billion. In fact, with the CARES Act of over $2 trillion. And of course, the Federal Reserve is flooding the market with liquidity. Even so, I still don't see a rapid recovery because you've got to have optimism from the consumer. And the consumer is going to be thinking, well, are we going to get a return to this? Is it going to be another uh, coronavirus in the fall? What happens if we do get a recovery, a full recovery from this? I just think that consumers are going to be on guard and really, even with the checks that are going out right now, $1,200 per family and uh, other payments to the children, it's just not going to be enough to get a what we would think of as a V-shaped recovery. It's going to be a much more modest recovery in my judgment. It will not be as long of a recession this time as the 2008-2009 recession, which was 18 months. I expect this recession to be six months in length, could be a bit longer, but the up, upturn is going to be a, a, not as fast as we might anticipate. Have you agreed with some of the moves that have been made by government? And again, you're speaking in your role as an economist, but with the $2.2 trillion infusion in the CARES Act, then, as you said, the Fed flooding the zone with money. 
Are those things that, as an economist, do you feel are necessary or should other steps have been taken or be taken to make sure that it's a long-lasting and valid recovery as opposed to something that's falsely propped up? I think these were necessary steps, Jeff. The problem I see is going to be when the recovery begins. The last time we the, the Fed did this back in 2008-2009, not as large as this reaction and not as large as a stimulus. The problem was once we got back to recovery, the Fed held on to the bonds. In other words, they didn't get rid of the bonds. So their balance sheet, as we call it, is going to get very large. In other words, the federal government is running huge deficits and the Fed is monetizing the debt to a large degree, meaning they, they're facilitating it by putting money into the economy. Once the uh, consumer, if the consumer did, once the consumer does begin buying again, businesses begin investing again, we're going to see higher interest rates, higher inflation, higher taxes, or a mix of that. So that there, there's no, I don't see any other outcome. So the Fed is going, if the Fed, if they do what they did last time, which is not, not sell their bonds down, then you're going to see some problems. So I think that we need a gradual selling down of the bonds once we get back into recovery. That's the real problem, and that's going to be the issue. You mentioned the consumer and feelings that the consumer may have and that they may be a bit hesitant, a little gun-shy getting back into it. What can government or business writ large, what can they do to help instill greater consumer confidence? Are we now in this world with social media and 24-hour cable news and instant reactions to where, again, there was never any reason to hoard toilet paper, but that's what people did because they got scared. And I think that's the kind of thing you're talking about. Absolutely. And getting unscared. How does the, how does the federal government how does the Fed do that? And I think uh, a steady hand is what we need to see. And I think from the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, is, has done that. I think on the flip side, the federal government, that would be, of course, the Congress and the presidency, they have not done that. I think uh, we need more of a steady hand there, assurance that we're, things are going to be moving ahead without uh, significant interference with the government. Now, my fear, again, I'm a, I won't say a free market economist, but I'm an economist who believes in a market-based system. We're seeing members of Congress uh, seeing this as an opportunity to expand the, the uh, reach of the federal government. That's not where we need to go. That would be a real, I, I would call it, a, that would be even worse than the, the cure would be worse than the problem that we're now seeing. And I, again, I don't wish to see the federal government reaching out and doing, taking over businesses. I think the Federal Federal Reserve has, in that regard, has reached a bit further than I would by buying bonds, corporate bonds. I mean, look no further than what uh, Japan did uh, in in their last three decades of, I'll call it, of a uh, revival. If we can call it a revival, it's just, I'd call it a stinky revival. The federal, Japan, now what, what did Japan do? Japan managed the economy. They had a, a federal, uh, the, uh, the Bank of Japan and the, uh, the government of Japan tried to manage the economy. The governments don't do a very good job of managing the economy. Banks, the, uh, the central banks don't do a good job of managing the economy. Well, and my fear is we're going to see an overreach of both the 
Federal Reserve remaining in the too much of a you know too much of a, their fingers in the economic pie, and also Congress is they're too much of a reach into the economic pie, and look no further than Japan to see how that works out. Dr. Ernie Goss is a Creighton University economist. We spoke via Zoom on April 15th. More information about his work can be found online at gossandassociates.com. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.